what a difference a week makes. Oh, anyway, anyway, seven days. Yes, that's the period with which AEW has delighted me once again because last week I was a bit lukewarm about it. Yes, I wasn't cold. I wouldn't say that. No one could ever call me that. No. But I was a little lukewarm. I thought that it wasn't great. I wasn't delighted with the um, with the pinnacle. And I'm still not. But this week was beautifully done. And I've often said that I think that there should be more in-ring action than angles. And here, we had quite a lot of promos this week. But it all stemmed from the ring. And that is really important. So without further ado, let's get on. Starting with Omega versus Matt Seidel, which was a little bit of a kind of... um, I, I didn't think they blew it last week. I just thought, I'm a little confused as to how this works. You know, with Tony Khan coming out and saying, I don't like to get involved here. Well, you do, don't you, actually? Because you're in that advert on Impact every week with the, you know, I'm the owner, I, I am the open door and all that kind of stuff. So last week they did the, if you can beat Kenny Omega next week, then you can get to see, to, to fight Kenny Omega in another week. And that is the joint. So you've got them this week. And it was a superb match. I like Kenny Omega's arrogance. I don't like Don Callis. I think I've seen what he can do. And I don't think there's much more. But I like Kenny Omega's work. His massive intro, intro with the cleaners and all that. And the, um, the Dapper Yapper was doing a huge rundown of what he could do, all of that. It's very nice. Plus, with Matt Seidel, who's, you know, a young upstart, uh, Don Callis calls him on on a commentary, and Jim Ross instantly said, he's older than Omega. And they do get at him, actually, which is quite nice to see. Callis has no real comeback from that, but they get at him. They don't allow him just to say what he wants. Quite nice. Excalibur fills in the rivalry that they had from the um, the mid-2000s of when they fought in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, PWG, at the uh, the Bowler, the Battle of Los Angeles. Quite, It's good to have that filled in. Very nice. Early on, Seidel is really up for this because he sells a backbreaker beautifully, arching his back as if he has been put in a, in a bow and arrow, to be honest. But he had quite a lot of offence, did Seidel. Two really good spin kicks to the jaw, and then a long two with a brain buster. Then a very long two from the from the um, the lightning spiral neck breaker that he does. But you've got a buckle bomb from Omega after he catches Seidel, who's thinking, this is my moment, this is my moment. He comes off the top with a meteora attempt. He's caught by Omega, who puts him into the buckle with a buckle bomb. Very nice. Hits the V-trigger, of course. Long two. Kicks out. 
He hits another V-trigger in the corner, goes for the, the one-wigged angel. Side down rolls through and gets a really long two. Some people in the commentary team thought he'd won it. That would be extraordinary if they did that, but you know, I'm happy with it either way, to be honest. And it does go for Omega, which is the, the V-trigger and the one-winged angel for the pin. Great wrestling match to start. And um, that's good because the next thing we've got is Hangman Page versus Cesar Bononi. And what are you doing with Bononi? He's a big dude. Not a, he's, got, he's got some charisma. Not a bad wrestler, but here you squashed him with Page. The only offence really that Benoni gets in is that he dumps Page on the apron on his back, which is a brutal shot. But there's a suplex and bookshot lariat for the pin. Page is triumphant. And Benoni just looks like a jobber. I don't know. Now, they are right to... Um, to really hype up the unsanctioned match last week. We're going to turn the lights out. And now it's unsanctioned. I love that. I love that they observe that. So you've got Thunder Rosa shown after the match. Very passionate, which is lovely. And then Brick Baker starts slowly. And I think this is just a standard heel promo. But there is some really nice stuff as she gets going. Particularly attacking Mick Foley. Who gave her a thumbs up after the picture, I think, of the Crimson Mask on Twitter. And she said it took you so many years to get over for these kind of matches. And I did it in one night. She also mentions she had 87 thumbtacks in her back. Now, I don't know who counted that. Maybe Rebel stood by and counted. I do not know. But that's quite extraordinary. 87 thumbtacks. Right, we are going to get the pinnacle here, of course. They've got their own logo now. It looks like some kind of dessert. It's like a sort of, um, like a kind of dish with a, a big piece of ice cream sticking out. It's not great. But first, Christian speaks. And he actually has a really nice little bit with Frankie Kazarian. He says, you know, I saw you coming last week. I want to chat with you. We're friends. Starts to rug on him a bit. And Christian, who can do this so well, says, you're not becoming cranky Frankie, are you? <laughs> that was really nice. They will fight next week. And because they know each other, that's going to be a really good piece of work. And I think they will gel together. But Christian's been out the ring so long, as Kazarian points out, he could find it tough, particularly with cranky Frankie. Now, here we go. Here's the pinnacle moment. It's not the pinnacle of the programme, and how could it be with FTR and Sean Spears in there? FTR are great. Sean Spears need to find something for him to do. Versus the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. From top flight, isn't it? FTR do work well together. Spears looks like a bit of a spare part, to be honest. There is um, a lot of work as well from Dante Martin, who gets an awful lot of offense in here. They give him a lot. He hits a beautiful moonsault early on, lands on his feet, the pinnacle all bail. But of course, they're doing quite a lot of good work and they do quite a lot of good work on the outside. Dax beats him up on the outside, then just throws him back in and carries on working with him in the ring. Come on, ref, what's going on? 
Martin then comes in, deals with them all, until he's cut off by a very nice Dax Brain Buster. Spears does hit a, does hit a, a, a sweet Death Valley driver, actually, to Martin for the pin. So they give him that, and that's right to do so, because he needs to get over more than any of the others in the pinnacle. Then we've got the uh, MJF stuff. And I was a bit bored when I saw that he was going to speak afterwards because he didn't really get involved in the match and Wardlow's there and all that, you know. It's the enforcer. Um, and he says, he's got a, he's got some beautiful lines though. Talks about Jericho not being here this week and says, I thought you'd come out here and break the wall down. The only thing you're breaking these days is every chair you sit on. Oh, that's nasty. That's naughty. Like last week with the Young Bucks. With, uh, with Nick Jackson, I wish my hair were way more thick, Nick. <laughs> That's great. He's got some lovely stuff. Straight into, ta- into Taz, Team Taz. There's a lot of promos here, but I don't mind because it's all been set up. After the Brian Cage stuff, when he said, I respect you, Stinger, and then walks out, Cage doesn't look happy. He goes through the motions, but he doesn't. But the great thing about this is Stark's a shit-eating grin. He clearly doesn't like what's going on, but feels he has to make it look good for the camera. That is gorgeous work. And then we've got another promo, and it's a bit flabby at this point, and that's not just because it's QT Marshall. His wife's in the the building. Marvellous. We see her. Great. But actually, his promo's all right, which is about being in the shadow of Cody Rhodes, no one works harder than I do. I have to make sure his coffee's at the right temperature, make sure his t-shirts look good. He'll go with his wife back to the Marriott tonight. I'll be working. He's not getting the rub he deserves, he says. He then talks about the wins that he's got, having an asterisk next to them. It's an asterisk. If it was an asterisk, then it would be a cartoon character next to them. And although that would look fun, it would be way too much work. They start to chant... Cody's friend and he says yes of course I'm his friend but what he wants next week is an exhibition match with Cody which brings Cody out wearing a headset because maybe he's in gorilla position but he's got a suit on so probably not and he's got his arm in a sling now the thing is that might be the case he's been selling this bad shoulder for some time and if that's the case then I'm very sorry for him but because he always says, my ribs, my ribs, oh, I've won. My leg, my ankle, my knee, oh, I've won. Because he does that, and he does it in every match recently, I start to think, is that just for effect, mate? And with a white meat baby face like him, I shouldn't be thinking that. But what I'm also thinking is, yeah, this friend versus friend exhibition match next week could go either way. As far as QT getting angry and turning or being part of the family and getting a better position in there. Either way, I think it's going to be a good match because they can both go. Now, this is one of the matches of the year so far. This is a six-man and six-man matches usually aren't, or a trio's match as they want, I like to call it in AEW. It's Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers versus the Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Spot the odd one out, although Brandon Cutler is better than people think. It's really good, and not just because 
the new translator for Penta really has attitude. As they said, why is he so pissed off? I think he's always that way. Really plays it. It's nicely done. This was superb work. Fast, fluid, loads of spots, but a reason for it. They made it, um, they built it throughout the match, and it was just breathtaking. As Tony Schiavone said, I'm getting tired just calling this, and quite rightly so. They didn't take a break at all. High spots from this, and you know, there were, it was great all the way through, but there were some highlights. A Phoenix springboard arm drag, beautiful. The way they all avoided each other's move, to the caginess of it, the grappling stuff, right throughout this match actually, not just at the beginning, which you'd usually get. Cutler hit a very rangy springboard moonsault. He got full elevation and full extension. He's a big guy. That looked lovely. Then Laredo Kid thought, I'm gonna have a go at this as well. Did an Arahara moonsault, which was great. And Matt Jackson, after a near fall, just winked at the camera. He's loving what he's doing, and that is great. They briefly worked on the arm of, of the Rado kid. Then he hit a senton by Matt and a leg drop by Cutler, who came across the ring to do it together. Beautifully sinuous, well done. But not to be outdone by that, Penta is on Phoenix shoulders, and there's a drop kick from both books. That's beautifully done. Matt then takes both Lucha Brothers over with a suplex. And the books hit the whiskey business and a lovely springboard elbow, a Cutler springboard elbow for a long two. Cutler was heavily involved in this and that wasn't the way with Sean Spears, you see. So Cutler um, rolls Phoenix into Matt, right into his arms for a pile driver and Nick then gets in and spikes him. That was beautifully done. The three of them working so well. But I suppose the move of the night was Matt flying over the turnbuckle to the apron and spiking Penta with a DDT. We were so surprised about that, we almost missed Laredo Kid in the ring with Cutler hitting a Spanish fly for the pin. It didn't matter who won. Wrestling mattered. And that was really served here. Great match. One of the best I have seen, as I say, all year. And you know, they're not just high spots. There's a reason for it. They tell a story beautifully. Cutler was put over as well, which is really good to see because I don't think he's got the rub that he deserves. And when Kenny Omega came out afterwards. I thought this could be just boring. He's got Don, Don Callis doing the laughing thing again. Sick of that, Don. Try something else, mate. But Omega showed what he could do. He showed that he was hurt, that you had me in the back and you chose Brandon Cutler to go with. Why would you do that? I'm gonna give you one last chance. One last chance, throw him up, the Bullet Club. They leave and he's upset. So that's it, we're done. He's so upset by that, he doesn't see what's happening behind him. Walks into a Lucha Brothers kick and a spiked power bomb. The Good Brothers come out to help him and he is spitting blood. This was a great spot and showed what Omika can do. He can keep that person out, that personal feel going. And the hurt 
that he felt in his own deluded mind was beautifully done here. Oh, hey, something else as well. They're starting to run no TV shows. So Shivani's surprised, no TV on that one. You can come and get tickets. You can get two shows for, for, for $40. And there's no TV at that one. Make it a feature of it. Excellent. That shows they're moving on. Eddie Kingston, when they pilmanized him the other week, yeah, the God Brothers and the rest of them, you know, the Bullet Club, he's got a broken leg, it looks like. He's certainly got um, a cast on it. Is it just there for show? Can't be, he can't be taking that sucker off every night, surely. Anyway, here's the semi-main event and a really good match. Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti. You do have Vicky Guerrero there. Not really knowing what she's doing, to be honest. Not shouting this week, which is really good. And most of the offence was from Nyla, of course. She's a bigger person there. But there was some really good work, including um, Ty Conti's Hammerlock DD tie. See what she did there for the pin. Very nice. It was a good match, good physical match. Unfortunately, it was ruined by um, several people coming in, including the bunny, and then Butcher and the Blade and Private Party, who are part of the, the Matt Hardy group called HFO, Hardy Family Offense. It sounds like a bad group of solicitors. Who came up with that? And could they please be upbraided for it? There's a rather nasty pause at the end of this. They talk, he hardly talks up Buddy and then stops talking. And maybe somebody else was supposed to talk. They just look at each other. It's about 10 seconds. Yeah. Anyway, we better just get on to the main event, which is for the TNT title. It's Darby Allen versus Mr. Silver. And if it wasn't for the match, the trios match earlier, this would be a contender as well, because we know that John Silver can do this. We know Darby Allen has a certain appeal. It's not an appeal I really think is wonderful, but I know what he's there for. But this was a great, great match. Lovely from the beginning with the Dark Order just coming out onto this stage, just to pay their respects to John Silver and then leaving. Great. And Silver did show his passion and his power, huge beer into the corner, brainbuster and long two early on. He also hit a gory special and then and then went for a spin from that and a dump for another long two. Sting then came out to help because the Dark Order were out again. We have to see it, don't we? It's Sting! And there was some lovely grappling manoeuvres here, including what Excalibur, 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 what Excalibur called a Queen Slayer. Really good submission from Silver, who's really, he's pushing new stuff, really like his work, and he can do it behind the stick, and his character's good as well. Darby Allen fights out of that. Then Silver hits a jumping DDT for a long two. You can see he's getting most of the offense. This is the way it goes with Darby Allen matches. Takes a lot wins in the end. They then exchange late on, big palm strikes. So you know it's not really, it's it's coming and going this match, beautifully timed, big spots, then something more simple, 
They take a breather for another set of big spots, like a coffin drop to the Dark Order at ringside from the top, and then a powerbomb attempt from Silver countered into a Darby Allen code red for that pin. Phew, that was a great, great match. Brutal, strong, fluid, told a story, were invested in the characters, what more could you want? Well, what more could you want is everybody running from the back and all getting involved fighting each other. And usually I'd say, oh, come on. But they deserved it this week because they had just given us a great programme. So why wouldn't they all come out and celebrate by kicking the hell out of each other? AW, five out of five. Loads of promos, they all worked, they'd all been set up. Some great matches, one phenomenal match, one nearly phenomenal match. What other programme of wrestling on US TV is doing this at the moment? Here's a clue. None. Ta-ta.